Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome, King's Church. I am so glad you have joined us today. Wherever you are, it might not have been your first choice. You might have hoped to be at a live gathering or perhaps with your home church today or in a watch party or what have you. But hey, it is a great big deal that you are here. And I am so glad you took the time to keep Christ central on this day. And I suspect that you are glad that you did. How incredible is it that we got to celebrate Jesus together even as we're apart. And in our celebration during this service, we got to witness people going into the waters of baptism and coming out as disciples of Jesus Christ, telling the world that they've chosen to follow Jesus. I mean, don't let the significance of that pass you by. How incredible is it? I mean, that's a miracle. Every person you saw go under those waters, that represents a miracle of salvation that we have witnessed, not just in any year, but in this crazy year, this pandemic year, the year that the enemy meant for evil. I believe God is making out to be good, and it's incredible just to see those baptisms. So hallelujah, amen, praise God. Hey, put a hallelujah in the chat today if you agree with me. That's a big deal that we celebrated baptisms. Just incredible. And to all you who are baptized, I just honor you and celebrate that commitment you made. It's a great day to be the church. And it's a great day to be in church, even as we are in our homes or wherever you are. Today is a very special day, not just because of baptisms, but because today is Heart for the House weekend. It's a weekend where we just kind of really celebrate and invest ourselves in this house. Now it's a special weekend. It's going to be a special series of weekends coming up. We're going to kick off the Christmas season next week in fine style. We're going to get full in Christmas mode and we're going to do a brand new series. I'm going to begin it next week called Christmas for COVID. I'm going to talk about how the gospel and the good news of the coming of Christ speaks directly to our current predicament. So don't miss that. But this weekend is heart for the house weekend. And what it is, is is a moment where we just stop and we practice generosity and investment in the church where we practice this moment where we give an offering, an annual offering to see to the expansion of the kingdom through King's Church. And we actually have been doing things like this for almost 40 years as a church. Our church has a practice and a history of just above and beyond strategic giving. We didn't just arrive where we are, but in fact, it's been faithful men and women like so many of you, families like so many of you, or single people who have chosen to invest intentionally and strategically in this family, this ministry, this house we call King's Church. And we're doing that again this weekend as we head into another year, into 2021. Woohoo! Excited for a new year. And we do this every year as a moment to just not just look back and thank God, but to invest and sow seed unto this next year. And the call today is very simple for everyone. And I, I'm grateful that you're tuning in. I'd ask you to lean in for just a few minutes while I speak for today. But the call is this. The call is for everybody at King's Church to take a step forward. For some people, it's a call to step from being a spectator to becoming an owner, to take ownership. Maybe over the last several months, you've joined us and become part of King's Church, wherever it is that you live. And you'd say, hey, that's my church. Those are my people. That's my pastor. And what we're calling you to do is to take a step of investment in ownership. 
That you would say, hey, you know what? I receive and so I'm going to give. I've been contributed to and so I'm going to contribute as well. And I'm going to give back to that which has given so much to me. And so I'm calling some people to go from spectators to become owners, to take ownership. And then for many people who you've given and you've contributed, I'm calling you to take a step from, from ownership to stewardship. To take that next step in your discipleship and following Jesus and learn the benefit of first fruit giving. To actually take the first bit of of your resource, of your pay, and to start giving it unto the Lord. We call it tithing. We call it first fruits giving. To become a steward. And I'm going to challenge a bunch of you. And many of you took that step last year. And I believe many more will today and this week as we celebrate Heart for the House. And then the final step is for people who maybe you've been practicing ownership and stewardship for years and years. And the call for you and for people like Melanie and myself is to take a step of partnership, to give a one-time gift or to commit to giving throughout the year a gift above and beyond your regular tithe. No matter who you are out there, you have an opportunity to take a step and invest and to show your heart for this house. And that's really what we're doing. It's about giving to the house to go unto greater things. Because we believe that the work isn't done. And we aren't on pause just because we're in a pandemic. And I believe that the greatest days are yet to come. That the best is yet to come. And the most fruitful days of our church and our lives and ministry are still ahead of us. God is not done. And this pruning season that we are in is all Almost over, and who like me has been thinking about the fact that God doesn't just discipline us for fun, He disciplines us for a purpose unto something greater. God is absolutely going to do something incredible, and we want to actually take this time to invest ourselves in it. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Are we really sure that, you know, being in a pandemic is the best time to be taking an offering and investing in the church? And, and, and furthermore, some of you might be wondering, why also are we giving to the church? Don't we, don't we need to give to charity and don't we need to give money like we do in Love Week? And don't, don't, isn't it all about that? Absolutely, we need to do that. However, I want, to, I want to encourage you. First and foremost, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about why right now is the best time to give. And we'll get to that. But for some of you who are wondering, why would we take an offering to go back into King's Church? Here's what I believe. God's plan is to save the world through his family, through his people, through the body of believers called the church. And I believe that when the church is healthy, the world gets healthy. And when the church gets healthy, the world begins to become healed. When the church gets stronger, the world gets stronger. When the light in the church gets brighter, the world gets brighter. And so this investment isn't unto ourselves, but this is a means to a greater end. It's to bring strength to this house so that we would see this house bring strength to the region that we are planted in. And that's really what this is all about. It's not about stocking up so that we can just enjoy ourselves and create a little cult and have fun together. That's not really what this is about. This is about investing so that we can be as fruitful and have the greatest degree of impact on the region we could ever imagine. I've had a verse in mind over these past few months, and specifically as we've been coming into this weekend, and it's this out of Isaiah 54. Isaiah was speaking to the people who were in a desolate time, and he, and he gave this prophetic word, and this is the word of the Lord, and I believe it, it, it has something to say to us this weekend. It says, sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Here is the instruction. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. 
Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their cities. What's he talking about? What's this picture of? It's the picture of someone who is going through a time of desolation, a time of a lack of fruitfulness. And the instruction of the Lord, the word of the Lord is this, that you need to actually prepare and get ready and invest yourself in the, in the tent. Expand the tent because there's coming a moment where your house is going to be full. And I believe that's really what we're on the precipice of right Right now, I believe a great revival is coming and the seed that we sow is unto those ends. We're getting ready for the greatest harvest we have ever seen. And it is time to enlarge the place of our tent. That's what this weekend, that's what Heart for the House is all about. It's the time where we enlarge the place of our tent. We strengthen the house. What I want to do for just a couple minutes, and I won't be long today, but I want to give you my three reasons why I believe this is the best time to be investing in King's Church and giving above and beyond, giving an offering to God through King's Church, why even in a time of pandemic, I believe this is the best time. Three reasons why for myself and for Melanie, we're going we're gonna to commit to God to give above and beyond this year. Look, I would never ask you to do something that we ourselves don't do. My mentor, Kevin Myers, always said, hey, you got to smoke what you're selling. Now, I, I don't know, some of you might be surprised that that's pastor language, but as a pastor, I would never ask ask you to do something that, that myself or my wife or our family wouldn't ourselves do. And I want to today for a minute, my goal is to influence you and to share some of my passion as to why for me and my house, we are going to give today and we're going to give above and beyond, not just ownership, not just stewardship, but partnership. We already tithe, but I'm going to give an offering this year above and beyond. I want to share my passion as to why I think this is the best time ever to do so. I want my passion to hopefully rub off on some of you. Full disclosure, I want you to be passionate about this as well. Have you ever had someone's passion rub off on you? I mean like legitimately, not, not in a fake way. Like I remember when I first started dating Melanie, she's, she loves country music and you know, I can remember putting up with country music or even kind of pretending like I like it. Like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't mind at all. Actually, in hindsight, what I thought was fine and what I still think is fine is my wife but I didn't think country music was fine. Her passion for country music didn't really convince me. I just was passionate about her. But have you ever been around somebody who had a passion and the passion they had infected you? Like I remember in college, the, the, the professor that made me fall in love with scripture. Their passion became infectious and it showed me something I wasn't seeing before and all of a sudden I became a lover of the scripture. And my, my hope today is that a little bit of my passion, my, my three reasons why I'm so passionate and why I believe that today is the best time to give and I hope that rubs off on you. So here it is. Here are my three reasons. The first reason why I believe it is time to give is, th is, is this, that this is a time first and foremost before we even get thinking about tomorrow, thinking about revival, thinking about the future, we need to look back and realize first and foremost we give in response. This is an offering of worship, not just investment, but when we give, we are giving in response to things that God has already done. That's really what this is, this, the starting point of all this is. We are responding in worship for all that God has already done. That, 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 this is an act of worship. 
We have got to realize today, and I'm going to show you in just a minute a few of the things that God has been up to, but this has been one of the most fruitful seasons of our lives in the ministry of King's Church, and we need to take a moment and take pause and give thanks to God. There's a principle I want to show you, and that is this. When God has blessed you, the most important thing to do with the blessing is first and foremost, bless Him back. When God has done something, when He's given you something, the most important thing you, you can do, the, the, most, the most important thing to do is absolutely bless God back. This is why we in Christian families, we teach our kids before we eat, let's thank God. Let's give God thanks. Why? Because it acknowledges it's from him this came. And that when we, when we stop and we give thanks, it, it, it realigns us back with our provider. And it's so crucial today that we take a moment and we realize that we have reaped a harvest. Whenever you reap a harvest, you have to bring an offering. It tells us in Deuteronomy 16, when, when, when God was giving the commandments to the children of Israel, he told them anytime you reap a harvest, you need to have a celebration, you need to party. And then he, look what he said. He said, have a celebration, the festival of weeks to the Lord your God, and then give a free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. That when we are blessed by God, the first response is that we give a blessing back. We give an offering back. When God blesses us, we bless him back. And what we need to do today, first and foremost as a church, is for us to look back and begin to count our blessings. That God has shown himself so faithful to us should cause us to absolutely turn back around and say, God, from the fruit that you have given, I will give you back an offering. It's, we do it in response. We give in response. Now, some of you will be, be like, well, I'm not sure. I mean, 2020 has been the worst year ever. It's been a terrible year. Why, how, what, what, what fruit? This is why the Bible tells us, this is why we need to actually count our blessings. We need to actually make a practice of counting our blessings because if we're not careful, we will get a, a, a have-not mentality when in actuality what we need is a, a mentality of blessing, that we realize that God has been blessing us the whole time. It's very easy, isn't it, especially in times like 2020, to focus on the things that we don't have instead of the things that God has done and He has given us. I remember one day not too long ago sitting in my office and I was sitting there and maybe feeling a little bit sorry for myself. I don't know. I come in and out of those times, especially this year. I don't know if you've been in that boat or not. But I have a TV in my, in my office and there's an Apple TV and there are these built-in Apple TV screensavers. This is not one of them, but it looks like it. And I'm sitting there and, and sort of wondering, you know, where are you, God? And woe is me. And then the screensaver comes on and it's flying over the earth. And I noticed this, this glowing orb around the earth and realize it's the atmosphere. And this thought arrested me. And I, th I think it might have been the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know what? You might not think that I've been good to you, but let's just start with the obvious. You have breath in your lungs. And that right now there is an invisible force field around the earth that is protecting you. It's keeping solar radiation out from melting you. It's keeping the cold of the universe out from freezing you. Like at very least, you might be complaining about some of the things, having to wear a mask or what have you, not being able to have services the way you want. But let's just make sure we count our blessings and realize that God has been good to us. At very least, you're surrounded 
surrounded by an atmosphere. And I think if you start counting a little bit more, you're going to find that God's been much better to you than you thought he has, that he's been there every day, giving you little small provision and big blessings wherever he, he decides to do that. God is so good to us. And one of the reasons we give offerings is in recognition to his unbelievable goodness to us. If we will humbly look, you will find that there is blessing all around you. And I suspect today, if you wanted to look around and find reasons to worship, you would do that. And what happens when you begin to count your blessings, you give, to give God back praise for the goodness and the things that he's done to you. Your heart begins to get stirred and he changes your mind and the atmosphere in your mind begins to shift. I'm believing today that the first and foremost, the reason we need to give is in recognition and response to all God has done. And let me just take a minute and let you know, King's Church, that 2020 has been, by all metrics, or all prior metrics anyway, our, our most fruitful year. Now, some of you might be, well, but we haven't been having services the way we used to. No, we haven't. It's been very different. In fact, it's been very difficult. I would even say that it's been a year of challenge and maybe even a wilderness season. No one's saying it hasn't, but I'll, I'll tell you what. We have seen how faithful God is. You know, it says in Psalm 1 that the one who plants himself in God is like a tree planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither. And we have gone through a wilderness season and we still have, have, had, have incredible fruit to show for it. It's been unbelievable. Did you know last year, let's count some blessings together as a church. Maybe some of you are like, I, I'm having a hard time thinking about responding in worship to 2020. Well, let's count some blessings together. Last year, we sowed seed. If those of you who were part of that last year in November, we did this. And we invested and we said, God, we're giving an offering here. And we're giving it and we're going to sow it into these areas expecting to reap fruit. And let me tell you something. We sowed seed. People gave so generously last year. And we sowed into the, the, the priorities of training, of seeing people developed as leaders and ministers and pastors and, and ministry leaders. And we've set out to see fruitfulness in those areas. And we have seen incredible, incredible fruit even in this year. I mean, God said he would bring streams in the wasteland, didn't he? And we have seen that happen. We've seen residencies. We've had some residencies actually become full-time staff. We've found a residency director here at King's Church being able to find that staff person and hire them. We're developing a leadership pipeline. We've been able to work in ministerial development in partnership with the denomination and work towards restoration and restoring pastors. We've been able to, to launch a regional church leadership cohort where our church is facilitating dialogue and, and Mutual encouragement with other leaders all around the region. Something really cool that God has developed this year because we sowed last year has been this freedom prayer. We've actually been seeing God birth this brand new ministry through Pastor Dan and Tim Valentine. They're doing this thing where they're get, doing this Holy Spirit driven prayer. And we're seeing such incredible results of deep inner healing. And it's just beginning. The fruit is just starting in that area. And we believe it's going to expand all over this church where people are going to get real deep healing because we've been trained and equipped and God has given us anointing in that area. We also have sowed into the area of tools. We, we invested into tools to do ministry. This year, we, because we gave last year, we were able to acquire new spaces to worship in Halifax and in West St. John. The biggest thing, perhaps the biggest ticket item we spent money on last year 
was last fall, if you will recall, how great is our God, you will recall that I felt stirred. One of the things I said in November was we're going to give and and some of this is going to go to get us in position to do digital ministry. I just felt in my heart at the time that God wanted us to, to get ready to be able to be online and be able to broadcast to a larger audience. What we didn't know, y'all, is that we were going into 2020 where there would be a pandemic and we would only at times have an online audience. And yet God knew, didn't he? And as we sowed, we have reaped such incredible fruitfulness. Now, I I won't bore you with all the nerdy internet stats, but you need to know the harvest because of our digital ministry, because we've invested in broadcast equipment, has been incredible. We are a bigger church than we have ever been. There are more people who are part of King's Church today. In fact, probably 500 more than there were this time last year. We are, our online reach, get this, has grown by 1,100%. Let that resonate for a minute. We had 10,000 people tune in at Easter this year. 10,000. That's almost three times what we would have had in person incredible. God has absolutely done above and beyond that which we could have asked or even imagined because you and I, because we gave last year and we have now seen the fruit. Look what God has done. We need to celebrate this year and say, God, look what you did. Look at the fruitfulness of this past year. It's been incredible. Not only did we sow in these areas, but we also said, really, and this is what we're all about, is seeing transformation, seeing the kingdom of God invade people's lives and bring transformation to them. And we sowed and we gave unto those ends, didn't we? Well, we've seen incredible fruit this year again. We've seen CR continue to be very fruitful, but not only that, but Pastor Julian Adam, when the shutdown happened, every CR in the country, of, in the nation of Canada, went dark and people all of a sudden lost their support system, except for us. Pastor Adam and Julie, they put it online and all of a sudden our CR wasn't just serving people in the St. John area, but it was going nationwide. How incredible is that? Not only that, but Pastor Seth and the team, Pastor Josiah in Halifax, they just recently, just just several weeks ago, launched CR Halifax. And we're already seeing dozens of people coming out to that. And that's so incredible. And then on top of that, we thought, you know what, let's invest in evangelism this year. And we didn't know it would be this way, but we actually were able to accomplish our largest alpha ever. More people went through the alpha course this year than ever before. And even in that, some of the people that you saw today be baptized were products of the alpha course because we invested. Not only that, But we said, you know what, we want to plant locations. We want to launch more locations and we want to get King's Church in more places and communities and we want to bring people together under the banner of Jesus. And what we didn't know was we were going to not just launch one more location in Charlottetown, which I'll talk about in just a second, but we launched about almost 80 home churches this year, which let me tell you and let me testify I wouldn't trade my home church experience for the world. I mean, just a few weeks ago, in in the living room with my home church, having our families gather around, praying for one of the children, and having the children around her lay hands on her and pray together. I mean, it was incredible, the fruitfulness of this year. Things like home churches, things like Alpha, things like CR. And then, of course, perhaps the biggest and most exciting thing that's happening, one of the, the, the areas of fruitfulness we're 
experiencing that, that many people don't even realize that are part of King's Church and you've been giving and contributing to this has been King's Church Charlottetown. Back in January, pastors John and Lisa, they moved there and they've gotten things started. In fact, I've got a short video, a little report from Pastor John. Check it out. Hey, King Church, just want to say a big hello to you today. Pastor Johnny from Charlottetown here. Uh, you might have remembered that last year we did this Forest in the Seed campaign. Many of us gave toward that. Well, hey, we in Charlottetown are living proof of that. And so I just want to applaud your generosity to it. Um, you know, I just want to track you through a couple of things that have happened over the last few months. Last January, you know that my wife and family, we arrived here in Charlottetown and started building some connections with people, building momentum, excitement. And then weeks into it, we're in the heart of COVID. Well, hey, even in the midst of that, um, we had an opportunity to start organizing ourselves into Sunday morning brunch Zoom watch parties. We'd get together. Remember the first one we did, we had 30 people on the call and it was just so exciting to get together, fellowship, pray, um, worship together. Shortly after that, we organized into small groups here where people were meeting midweek, studying the Word of God together. And then also, you might remember, we did a large-scale um, online Zoom Alpha. Well, we participated with that here in Charlottetown. Had a great group of people exploring the gospel together. And hey, as restrictions started to lift, you might remember that we start organizing and training and envisioning a number of home church leaders here. And so we launched a number of them here. Actually, I host one at my house. It's one of the highlights of my week, but also we've been doing some larger gatherings as well. So we've been doing a number of different interest nights in the heart of our city in downtown Charlottetown, and then also worship nights as well. And it's been so exciting to see over the last couple of months that those events from an attendance perspective have been booked solid literally a week in advance. And so it's so good to see. And I'm just so thrilled about just the heart of generosity that's been released here. And we've seen that through our COVID relief offering, but also as well through Love Week as well. And hey, guess what? We just celebrated our very first baptisms as a campus here. And so last Sunday night, a group of us got together, baptized a number of people, and it was just so thrilling to be a part of it. So we're so thankful for you and so excited for what the Lord's going to continue to do through our church, but also here in Charlottetown over the coming months. How incredible is that? Even before we've been able to launch and officially open, Pastor John and Lisa and the growing team in Charlottetown have already baptized their first people. It's just incredible what God has done and we need to celebrate. New life is happening and we need to celebrate. God has been so good to us and we need to celebrate and we need to give today in recognition of what God has done. We have borne much fruit in 2020, even though it's looked different, even though it's been hard. And I will be the first to say 2020 has been the hardest year of my life and yet it's it's been the most blessed. I have seen God show up for me and show up for my family and be so good to me in the midst of this. It's been incredible. And so one of the reasons I want to give today is because God has been such a giver to me. And I want to respond to his generosity with generosity. And if there's any other grateful people who would say, you know what, 2020 has been a hard year, but God has been good. He's been so good to me. Say amen in the chat. Say praise Jesus in the chat. Let somebody else know that God has been good to you. We give because we've received. We give because we've received. It's a recognition. It's an offering of response first and foremost. We give because we've received. And fruit comes because God blessed the seed that we sowed in the past. Which brings me to my second reason. The second reason I'm passionate, that I believe it's time for us to give, is this. That this is a time for not just response, but it's a time for responsibility. It's a time to be proactive. It's a time to plant. Here's the truth. 
You do not reap what you do not sow. We get to celebrate today the seeds and the fruit of the seeds that we sowed a year ago. And many years before that, we continue to enjoy that fruit. And now it's a time, even as we respond in thanks, we need to sit down and we need to say, hey, you know what? God's not done. We're not done. Great things are yet to come. The mission field is still ripe unto the harvest. The kingdom of God still needs to invade Atlantic Canada, and we need to invest ourselves unto those ends. It's a time to take responsibility. It's a time to plant. The work isn't done. Heaven hasn't fully invaded earth, and that is what our vision is. Our vision is to see heaven invade St. John, heaven invade Halifax, heaven invade Charlottetown. And we want to give ourselves and plant our resource unto those ends. And that's what we're doing. The kingdom of God comes through the seeds of our faith that we sow. And so today we sow in faith. We sow in intentionality, in proactivity, in responsibility. That's what we're doing here. We press into the standing orders that God has given us. You know, something I've been fighting all year has been, well, you know, maybe we need to kind of step back from some of the things that we were doing before. And I've had the Spirit inside of me, Holy Spirit, just remind me, hey, when I gave you the vision, King's Church... I knew that 2020 was coming. When I told you to plant Charlottetown, I knew that pandemic was going to be happening. When I gave you the vision to reach the Maritimes, I knew that there was going to be a pandemic. I gave you orders. I gave you a vision. Press on. Push forward. The great commandment, the great commission, the vision we have still stands true today, and we need to press into that. Not only that, it's not just a responsibility to respond to what God has told us to do, but it's about being stewards and it's about being smart and it's about investing ourselves knowing that if we don't reap, we won't sow. We learned this last year. We learned about the principles of harvest. And I won't spend a lot of time on this, but for some of you who might be new, you need to know this. You grow when you sow. In other words, if you don't sow it, you're not going to reap it. You grow when you sow. And the reason King's Church has been so successful and the reason we've been so fruitful and God continues to bless us is because we have sowed every year since 1982. We continue to sow and invest, asking God to do a new thing for a new season in a new day. And this is our opportunity right now. You grow when you sow. The time is now. You know, no one, no one shows up at harvest season expecting to, to reap a harvest when they haven't planted seed in the first place. There is a time to plant and there is a time to, a time to reap. And right now it's planting season. It is time to plant yet again. You grow where, when you sow. You grow where you sow. We talked about this at length last year and I'd love to talk about it again. But look, if you, if you expect to get great results in a certain area, it's because you invest in a certain area. No one invests himself in this and expects fruit over here. And if we want to see this church multiply, if we want to see this region reach, we need to give ourselves unto those ends. We need to sow. We need to invest. And then ultimately you grow what you sow. If you sow bad seed, you grow bad fruit. If you sow good seed, you grow good fruit. This is a time for responsibility. We are intentionally investing good seed in good soil to reap a godly harvest in Atlantic Canada. That's what we're doing. All of this, it's not unto ourselves, like I said earlier. It's, this is unto seeing God invade Atlantic Canada. That's what we're up. That's what we're after. That's what we want to see. And I believe that 2020 is the absolute best time for the church. I mean, think about this. What a time for the church. What a time to be the church. This is not a time to shrink back. This is, not, this is a time to absolutely step up and press forward. I was thinking when the pandemic got rolling, you know what? The pandemic for certain companies and organizations, 
became the, the best opportunity they ever had. I mean, you think about Amazon. Amazon's like, this is going to be perfect for our business. Or you think about uh, Royale, tissue paper, toilet paper. They're like, bring on the pandemic, right? How much more for the church in a pandemic where people are dealing with hopelessness and despair and anxiety how much more for the people who have infinite hope to give should we not be getting out there and saying this is the time for the church. It is great to be in the business of the kingdom of God right now because it is dark out there and we got the light. This is the time for the church to rise up. The pandemic is the perfect time for us to invest and to press in and realize that God is calling us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Opportunity is knocking church and I believe this is the best time in our lifetime this is an incredible moment. Anxiety, depression, despair, suicide are through the roof. That sounds like a job for Jesus. Brokenness is through the roof. Sounds like a job to Jesus, for Jesus to me. Sounds like a job for the people of God to step up and step out and show that we know the truth. We know the way. We know the life. His name is Jesus. This is a time for a godly harvest. This is a time for us to be proactive. This is a time for us to give unto those ends. That's worth giving to, isn't it? Isn't healing worth giving to? Isn't hope worth giving to? Isn't truth worth giving to? Isn't the power of God displayed through the people of God worth giving to? I believe it is. I'm passionate about it. Here's the last thing, and it goes along with this. This is a time for us. It's a time to give, and the reason I'm really excited this year is I believe it's a time for revival. It's a time to prepare, to get ready. We are strategically getting in position for greater things. We don't have time to get into it today, and I'm going to pray for us and be done, but you need to know something. I'm a student of the, of the church, and one of the things you, you see are patterns. And there is a pattern and a principle when it comes to renewals. It always happens this way. You see a crisis hit, and the church is refined, and the church is reformed to where there's just a remnant. There will be people fall off. And you've already seen that. There are people who today aren't tuned in and they're checked out. God just gets us down to a refined and reformed remnant. And through that remnant, he brings renewal. And through that renewal, he brings revival. And we are right now, I believe, on the cusp. We've been asking God for it. We've been praying for it. And I believe that time is coming. And we are about to see this dark night break into dawn. And the tide is indeed coming in. And I know it's happening. And so what we're doing is getting ready for that day. And we're, we're doing it in preparation. This is why this scripture in Isaiah speaks so much to me. Enlarge the place of your tent. Now he's saying it to the barren woman, to the woman who doesn't think she can have kids. He, he's saying in faith, you need to enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. The NLT says spare no expense. Invest everything in this. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, they're going to settle in the desolate cities. They're going to bring renewal. And that is the moment we are in right now. And I believe it with all my heart. This is temporary, y'all. I had someone text me today and just remind me of that. Hey, this is temporary. God's about to do something new. And let me just tell you that. 
this year, like no other year in my lifetime, am I giving with expectation unto revival. And I've been expecting and asking for revival for the last several years, but I know we are a year closer and the crisis is, is underway right now. And that tells me something, that God is going to use this unto great ends of revival. It is time to get ready. It is time to enlarge the place of your tent. To, it's, it's time for us to not hold back and to, to, to press in and to build up this great house so that we can see more and more people set free and restored and find salvation in Jesus than ever before. I'm passionate about it and I hope you can sense that today through, through, the, you know, through the airwaves that this is our moment and this is our time and I believe it with all my heart. We are expanding the place of our tent to get ready. You know, one of the images God has given me over the past months has been the image of Joseph back in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. The story goes that his brothers traded them into slavery. And over the years, he had a very tough time, a very tough time of crisis. And then near, uh, at a certain point, God elevated him and he became uh, like the number two person in the nation of Egypt. And it was through interpreting dreams. And he had a dream he got to interpret, a dream of the pharaohs. And it was about seven skinny cows eating seven fat cows. And long story short, he said, look, there's going to be a great famine that's going to stretch around the whole earth. And we need to be proactive to set ourselves up so that we have plenty in times of want. Because there's going to be people coming to us in need. And so they stored up for seven years. And then the seven years famine hit. And what we saw and what the story tells is that the, the neighboring nations all came to them saying, we need your help. And they were in position at the right time because they were proactive in advance. And I believe that is the call this year, that we are storing up and we are investing in this house because there's coming a moment where God is going to bring the people from the left and to the right to us. And we are going to be ready to be able to help them and provide for them and show them the King of kings and Lord of lords in their time of need. And that's what I'm believing for. And that's why we're doing this this weekend. And that's why I'm asking you to step forward and take a step. And here, here let me just... Wrap up with this. I'm asking you to take an intentional step of worship, an intentional step of investment, an intentional step of proactivity. Many of you, I'm asking you to be an owner. Contribute. You know, contribute. You, you, you enjoy this. This encourages you and this builds you up every single week. Well, become a contributor. For many of you, I, I want to ask you to become a disciple, to be a person that puts Jesus first in every area of your life. And generally speaking, the last frontier for people to surrender to Jesus is the area of their finances. This is why Jesus spoke more about finances than anything else. And I want to encourage you to put Jesus, put the Lord to the test in this area of stewardship. Carve out the first portion. Say, God, I'm going to give you the first 10%. I'm going to give you the first 5%. Whatever it is, establish it before the Lord and say, God, I'm giving this as my offering to you before anything else. You first, and I'm going to trust you with the rest. Put God to the test and watch him watch him blow your mind. We, we see it every single year. And this, this is a year for some of you. And some of you, I want to just say this. I just feel this in my spirit. Some of you got out of the habit of first fruits giving and God is calling you back into it. He, he's calling you back into it and you need to step back in. And you got off that habit and it wasn't for any intentional reason. You weren't trying to be disobedient, but you need to come back and step back into the area of stewardship. This is your act of discipleship. This is your next step. And then finally, for so many of you, our church is full of hundreds of people who are stewards. They, they give the first fruits of their, of their resource every single week. My ask is this. Ask the Lord how he would have you partner with him, how he would have you give an above and beyond offering today. And ask him, 
how, to do, how, how he would have you move. Here's, here's what you do. Here's the response today. I'm going to pray and we're going to be done. Here's the response. You need to go right now. Once the service is over, you can go to kingschurch.cc, perhaps in the chat if you're on YouTube or if you're on Facebook. Maybe one of our hosts will put the link there and you can jump over to our website. And the first thing you'll see is the Heart for the House logo and you can click on Next Steps. When you click on Next Steps, it's going to take you to your commitment form. And it's going to cover the gamut of people. It's going to ask maybe you're going to be an owner, maybe you're going to be a steward, maybe you're going to be a partner. Whatever it is, take your next step and do it joyfully before the Lord. Fill it all out and then go ahead and you can give your gift. Or maybe you're going to be like me. Today I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to commit and covenant before the Lord that I'm going to give this much above and beyond throughout the year. I can't do it all at once. And so whatever it is, mark it down. But here's the thing I want you to know before I pray, and that is this. This is the, this is the scripture that was coming to mind. Uh, the other night, I was, it was actually last night, I was out for a walk, and I was just praying and asking the Lord, you know, what would you have me do? And, um, you know, I, I don't know, should, should I do as much as I did last year? And I just felt the Lord say, hey, 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 don't, don't, you're not holding yourself to some weird obligation, so just relax. And then I was like, oh, last, last year was definitely a stretch. It was a lot of money, and maybe I should do a little less this year. And I felt the Lord, I felt the Lord say, do what you want. Do what you want. Do, do whatever seems right to you. I'm calling you to be a cheerful giver, and you're reminding me of this scripture. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, no guilt here. I don't want anybody to give out of guilt. Just don't give. Don't do it. But God loves a cheerful giver. And I felt the Lord speak to me. God loves a cheerful giver. It goes on. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And I, God brought that scripture to mind last night as I was praying and asking him what he'd have me do. And I just was like, yeah, well, God, you know, he asked me to give a lot. I gave a lot last year, so maybe I'll dial it back a little bit this year. And I just felt the Lord say, give what you want, man, relax. But then I also had this, this kind of, you know, but you were pretty blessed last year, weren't you? And I just remember him saying, like, the measure you give is the measure you receive. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. If you want to reap sparingly, give sparingly. If you want to reap generously, give generously. But however you give and whatever you do, do it cheerfully. And that's the call today for you. I bless you and I thank you for any way that you choose to partner with us and to bless God today through this offering. And I want to pray for you that God helps you determine how he'd have you take that step and that he'd give you the courage to do it and that you'd see his richest blessing on you and your household as you go through this year. So Father, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you today that your work isn't done in this region. And thank you that our best days are yet to come. And that we get to give, Lord, not just as an end to ourselves, but as to be a means unto revival. And God, we just say we long for revival. We long to see Halifax under, in revival. We long to see Charlottetown in revival. We long to see St. John and New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, PEI, this whole region, Lord. We long for a wave of revival. People coming coming to the church, coming to believers saying, what must I do to be saved? And we would be equipped with the answer to lead them to Christ and the resources to be able to develop them as disciples, teaching them to obey everything you've commanded. And so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, would you take this offering that we have given today from every individual, every household, and Lord, would you multiply it 
God, would you multiply it for your glory? Would it reach so many people, God? We ask that it would help God establish this house to be a beacon of hope. Lord, a shelter for the hurting, a hospital for the broken. Lord, would you establish this house like never before? God, would this absolutely enlarge the place of our tent? Would it strengthen us, Lord? And would it set us up to be in position for the greatest, greatest days we have ever seen, for revival days? We thank you, Lord, for this. God, I pray for every person giving today. I ask that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Would they know your goodness in the land of the living? Would they know how good you've been to them? And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Head over to the website. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for giving to Heart to the House.